Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm Frank Morano. Action-packed show coming your way for the next four hours. There are certain... I went to New York City public schools for my entire academic career until I was in college. So did my siblings. And there are certain universal truths about my entire history in the New York City public school system, theirs and almost anybody. And that is that the cafeteria food, the school lunch food, is just awful. Not only is it not necessarily the best tasting, it's not necessarily the freshest, it is not necessarily the most nutritious. And that's a problem because that leads to all sorts of issues with childhood obesity and all sorts of other issues. And I have to give the mayor of the city of New York, Eric Adams, and his uh, Department of Education Chancellor, David Banks, some credit as they announced yesterday the expansion of the Cafeteria Enhancement Experience, the CEE, as part of the city's reimagining of the student experience and the city's commitment to health and nutrition. Now, they're going to use an additional $50 million in capital funding, they're going to transform more than 80 cafeterias into warm and welcoming spaces for students to enjoy nutritious meals. They're also expanding access to halal options in school, which I know is important for a lot of people, but they're going to have enhanced student choice. Cafeterias are going to feature a variety of ways to consume whole fruits, vegetables, snacks, or fresh cut produce from salad bars. That wasn't the case when I was going to school, either in elementary school or in high school. If you didn't like what they were serving, if you didn't like that horrible French bread pizza or the sloppy joe of the day, your alternative was usually a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. The other thing that they're going to do, which was always annoying when you didn't have a lot of time and you were trying to get some studying done during class, they're going to have faster service. Students won't have to wait online for meals. That's going to leave more time to relax, unwind with classmates, or study. They're going to have a modern style of these cafeterias. This initiative is going to redesign the school cafeteria with an emphasis on creating a warm and welcoming environment. And there's going to be all sorts of new furniture. Comfortable tables and chairs are going to welcome students into their new space instead of those horrible tables which were incredibly uncomfortable when I was in school. I think this is all very positive. The breakfast and lunch experience that students enjoy in public schools should be a warm and welcoming one, full of choice, full of quick service, and full of nutritious options. I think Mayor Adams and Chancellor Banks took a huge step forward in that direction. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. 
Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano on 77 WABC. I'm watching with great interest the outgoing members of New York's congressional delegation and the incoming members of New York's congressional delegation. One who I feel like hasn't gotten that much attention is someone that was only there for one term. He's only 35 years old. He's a young man, still has a bright political future ahead of him. And that's Congressman Mondaire Jones, who represented Westchester and Rockland County in Congress for the last two years. Now, he was redistricted, if you'll remember, and he was drawn essentially into the same district as Sean Patrick Maloney. And instead of running against Maloney in a primary, he chose to essentially abandon his constituents in Westchester and Rockland County and instead move to Brooklyn and run for a newly created New York City congressional seat. So he was on New York One with Errol Lewis last night, and Errol Lewis asked him, why did the Democrats lose your old congressional seat? This is what Mondaire Jones said. A lot of folks who saw what happened saw how I was mistreated in this redistricting process. Uh, and many of those people have since approached me unsolicited mm. and told me somewhat bashfully that they could not bring themselves to vote for the other Democratic nominee after the Uh, their perception of what he did to me in redistricting. Wow. I mean, whoa. You want to talk about a sore loser, number one, and a guy that has an inflated ego, number two? The reason the Republicans won his congressional seat is the Republicans won seats all over the state. The Republicans won because they rode that issue of crime and because that special master, who in another portion of the interview, Mondaire Jones described as a Republican special master, he drew the lines fairly to create competitive districts. So the Democrats and Republicans both had a chance at winning. And Mondaire Jones himself said if he was the candidate, which is, again, gives you an idea of his ego, he said if he was the candidate, he would have won. No one stopped him from running against Maloney in a primary. He had every opportunity to do so. So don't choose to become a carpetbagger, abandon the constituents you've been representing for the last two years, and then when asked to give an analytical explanation as to why the Democrats lost, and they lost all over the state, not just in your district, claim it's because the Democrats were upset because you got screwed and they couldn't bring themselves to vote for the Democrat? Please, I'd like to meet more than a dozen Democrats that felt that way. That is, of all the factors you could list as being responsible for Michael Lawler's win for Congress, that is not even in the top 500. Give me a break. Beam me up. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. I don't know if you've read any of the coverage in the New York Post over the last couple of days dealing with this dinner. This was a New York Post exclusive dealing with this dinner that former White House advisor to Donald Trump, Kellyanne Conway, had with the former governor of New York, Andrew Cuomo. Apparently they had dinner at a restaurant on the Upper East Side, an Italian restaurant called Il Postino. And immediately the New York Post and all these people reporting on the New York Post story 
rush to make it a Romeo and Juliet style thing as if there was some sort of romance in the air between the two of them. Now, Andrew Cuomo's a single guy and uh, Kellyanne Conway has been very open about some of the difficulties she's had with her marriage, but she said that this was not romantic at all. Now, I'm not sure why this dinner is so surprising to people. Kellyanne Conway has socialized with Democrats for many years. Both she and Andrew Cuomo, as critical as I've been of Andrew Cuomo, are some of the finest political minds in the entire country, quite frankly. So it's not surprising that they might have a lot to talk about, and they know one another for a long time. So I think all the attention that this dinner got and all the gossip mongers out there trying to make this uh, as if there's um, a budding romance between the two of them, that it was just silly. Who cares who Andrew Cuomo has dinner with? Especially now that he's not the governor anymore. Who cares who Kellyanne Conway has dinner with? Especially now that she's a private citizen. Here are two private citizens having dinner with one another. Oh my! Please. Talk about clickbait. There's got to be something more newsworthy. I'll tell you what is more newsworthy, and that is your chance to win a signed WABC Music Radio t-shirt from our very own Cousin Brucey. You can do it by joining the 77 WABC VIP Club by downloading the 77 WABC app or by going to wabcradio.com slash VIP. It is the newest and most rewarding way to be a part of the WABC family. Every week, we're going to be giving away prizes to our members, prizes including live event experiences, celebrity meet and greets, and signed memorabilia. So all you have to do is download the app or just Go to wabcradio.com slash VIP. Join the WABC VIP club today. Beam me up. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Every election cycle, there seems to be some marquee national races around the country that are hotly contested by both parties. And the loser, even though they end up losing the election, they become a marquee national name. When Beto O'Rourke ran for statewide office in Texas, for instance, that was something that catapulted him to national stardom. He actually used that to launch a presidential campaign. Stacey Abrams, she lost for governor of Georgia. Georgia, that catapulted her to a national profile that allowed her to be on the shortlist to be Joe Biden's vice president a couple of years ago. We've seen this on the Republican side as well. Larry Elder, I don't think he's seen he's now talking about running for president because of the national stature that he achieved running for governor of California. Michael Steele, when he ran for U.S. Senate in Maryland, he's someone that became uh, the chairman of the RNC because of that. One person who I think has been somewhat overlooked for his contributions to the GOP locally, though, is Curtis Lewa. Curtis Lewa, a lot of folks remember, ran for mayor of New York City last year, and he got just under 30% of the vote. But I think in looking only at that total, it ignores the fact that Curtis Lewa won about 12 different assembly districts, many of which are still occupied by Democrats. Now, the Republicans did pick up a couple this year, but 
I would think that not only should Curtis Lewa be on the short list of folks to run for office, for statewide office in New York in the future, but I think that the GOP nationally could do a lot worse than to use Curtis as a national spokesman of some variety or another. Instead, it seems Curtis had to hobble it seems Curtis had to cobble his entire campaign together on his own. A little help from people like me, but it was done totally grassroots. And you really haven't seen the organizational Republican leadership in this city, this state, and certainly not in this country, embracing Curtis. And I think that's a mistake. I think uh, if you're a Republican activist, you should suggest to local officials that we need more Curtis Lewis-style Republicans running for office in New York City and maybe... And maybe, just maybe, they'll start turning some of those Democratic districts that Curtis won from blue to red. Beam me up! To be continued.